This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, January 11th, this is Season 5, Episode 19 of the Four Stars First Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Tommy. What's up? Sam M. Hey. And John. Lovely to be with you as always. And uh, just for those of you who were listening last week, I wanted to do a quick correction on uh, something that I said. I was talking about one of the greatest upset goals scored in FA Cup history. And I got the teams wrong, I got the goal scorer wrong, and I got the year wrong. So apart from that, I got it absolutely right. But in fact, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was 1972 when Hereford beat Newcastle 1-0, and the scorer was Ronnie Radford. So if you, anybody tried to Google that and couldn't come up with the right, uh, and couldn't come up with anything, that's what you're looking for. 1972, Hereford, Newcastle. Big upset. Not- not going to lie, John, I was looking that up while you were talking, and I could not find anything. So I'm like, I'll push it over, or I'll push it to later, and I still couldn't find anything. But well, that's what I comes with it now, and I found it. Got a, yeah, that's what comes when you've got an old brain and uh, a bad memory. But anyway, I got uh, well, <laughs> just want to clarify that. We're four-star Spurs for a reason and not five-star Spurs. That was part of our – when we created our title, we uh, – um, we, we said we're not quite five-star quality. And yes, it was the four stars of the Chicago flag, but we also said it, it fits because we're just not that perfect with it. <laughs> and that fits perfectly with it. But like, it's more history than any of us could come up with us, and none of us could have uh, fact-checked you in the time. So that uh, I, I love the fact that we're able to, to correct that. Um, but I want to roll into the conversation because we have tons to talk, to talk about today. And uh, I want to break the ice by talking about... Uh, Today, there. Uh, well, first of all, like uh, we had a couple of cup competitions this week, which was nice to be kind of away from the Premier League for a little bit. We had our ups and downs, the stress of that. We got to roll into some cups with uh, some slightly easier competition, and and the chance to move up in a, competi- a knockout competition, chance to win a trophy. Um, it, it was nice to think about things differently for a while, and and we. Uh, we'll talk about both of the matches, the match about, against Brentford, and obviously we won that, and we're going to a cup final, so we're going to Wembley. Um, I just wanted to point that out. We're going to Wembley. Uh, but we have, um, we're going to be taking on City. The, the cup final for the League Cup is not until April this year, which uh, due to COVID, kind of the um, the leagues can been a little bit delayed. Um which it's kind of unfortunate. This is usually the, the cup that comes earliest. You're able to, like, if you have a chance at it, you can knock that out early and kind of uh, state your claim to being a competitor this year. But uh, we don't have that opportunity. It's going to be a little bit later. But we'll be taking on City, who were able to beat United in their competition. But that's a cup final, and I'm excited about it. Um, but the other excitement that we have is uh, we had the FA Cup draw today. So uh, advancing from Marine, we'll talk about that also. Um, 
we're going to be taking on the, the Wickham Wanderers uh, in in the fourth round, and then uh, uh, they actually did the draw for the fifth as well. So we'll be able to if if we can advance past Wickham, we'll take on uh, the winner of Everton or Sheffield Wednesday away. Uh, so, uh, so what do you guys think of, of, of this? Two cup competitions. Uh, we kind of know where we're going. What do you think of these draws, John? Well, well, I think it's great. Um, I love the cups, as I mentioned last week. Uh, the fact that we're going to Wembley is marvellous. The fact that we're not playing Chelsea in the final is marvellous. I was getting a bit fed up with playing them. Although I was at the League Cup final when we beat them in 2008. But, yeah, looking forward to that Man City game. Should be... Uh, should be a great final, and uh, hopefully putting it back till the end of April means that we'll be able to get some fans in the stand. So that's what I'm excited about. And then the draw for today, yeah, Wickham Wanderers shouldn't cause us too much of a problem. I don't understand why we did the fifth round at the same time. They said because it's going to make it easier for planning. Well, hang on a minute. You can't plan the fifth round until you play the fourth round because you don't know where you're going to be. Um now we know where we're going to be, possibly in Sheffield, possibly in, um, in at Everton. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure that we achieved a lot apart from losing the, uh, the losing that fifth round draw on the TV. I love watching the draws live. I watched it live this afternoon, and uh, I, I don't really understand why we did that. But uh, we do know. I think Wickham shouldn't be uh, too much of a problem. And um, I don't think Everton are going to have too much of a problem with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they're not playing very well right now. Um, but they do have a, doing a new manager, I think, and they've been improved since then. But uh, Everton away, uh, well, you know, it's final 16, guys. And uh, we're going to start, we're going to have to start playing some tough competition. So uh, looking forward to that one, too. Yeah, it, it seems to me that they're kind of. <laughs> just setting this up to have teams kind of look at it in a, a long distance sense, like, Oh, well, we only have Wickham now, but uh, we have to worry about Everton down the road. So we're going to set up differently uh, in this Wickham match. I, I don't think that's the case with us necessarily, but maybe some other teams are looking at like what they have do- coming down the road. Like, Oh, well, if I can just get past uh, whatever team I'm facing right now, then, then it's uh, easy peasy. Or I'm sure that's what Man United and Liverpool are thinking. Like, if I can get past this shitty <laughs> draw, <laughs> then it's easy peasy after this. Um, but I mean, as far as the other teams, uh, there what that was the big uh, two big Premier League matchup uh, was the uh, Liverpool Man United one. But other Premier League teams got it pretty easy. Like uh, uh, it's Cheltenham. Town is uh, uh, up against City. Uh, you have, uh, let's see, um, well, Everton, Sheffield Wednesday. Of course, we know uh, if West Ham gets past uh, the Rovers, the, they'll they'll take on Stockport. Chelsea's got Lutton Town. Fulham's got Burnley. Um, That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. 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 But but there's uh, the Wolves got. Chorley, uh, this whole round, other than that, um, that Liverpool uh, United match is uh, uh, tends to tends to be a Premier League team that should be able to roll. But you might have uh, Southampton or Shrewsbury 
against Arsenal. That, that uh, Southampton against Arsenal might be a legitimate match too. Uh, they're kind of equal on the table and uh, competitive, so that might be the other competitive one. But um, yeah, I always look at uh, how many non-league, uh, non-premiership teams are guaranteed a place in the uh, in the fifth round, and it's four in this draw. So we'll have twelve premiership teams in and four from outside. You know that's created by draws that don't involve a. Um, <laughs> A premiership team like uh, Millwall, Bristol City, um, and uh, yeah, so and there's a couple of others there uh, that uh, mean uh, Swansea against Nottingham Forest, uh, where we're not going to get a premiership team through to the fifth round. So yeah, it's always nice to see those teams uh, be able to advance further, and I, I always like to see. It. It's nice to get them later, but it's also nice to see them be able to advance. Tommy. Yeah, I'm looking at the draw and, like, well, the fifth round because it just finds out or shows you who's facing who. So the one that's actually interesting, I think, is Barnsley and Norwich. Um, the winner of that would face Chelsea or Lewintown. So Lewintown, they might actually go – well, I don't know where they're standing at right now, but if they beat Chelsea, they can play somebody in their same division. So that's – that might be incentive enough to actually go for it and get into the quarter or to the quarterfinals. And Chelsea but, might not take them that seriously enough that they might be able to sneak it through too. That that, that could be an interesting one. Well, it, it, maybe it depends, I guess. Because the other, I don't know. The thing about us, I mean, yeah, we're playing Wickham, which is nice. But the other issue is that. Some, I think it was on Reddit or somebody on Twitter posted, like, the list of fixtures. If we run the table in all competitions, FA Cup, League Cup, we already have that final match determined, but um, Premier League, and then if we win all the way or get all the way to the final for the Europa League, we're going to play 38 games until May. So that's a full season, of course. That So this is going to create a lot of congestion if we advance, especially for FA Cup. So this should be interesting to see how Jose will juggle the squad. Um, I mean, of course, we'll talk about the game against Marine later, but it was a heavily rotated side. So I'm anticipating that there will be a lot more rotation, like include, like whether it be FA Cup against Wickham or uh, – I, for, I forget who we're, we're playing, the, the Austrian team in, uh, against uh, – Wolfsburger. Yes. So, like, I mean, they're okay, but that could that will enable Josie to rotate as well. So, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting ride. So, yeah, no, this we'll is see how it goes. Very, I guess very exciting ride with all these matches, and we'll definitely talk about more of that later with uh, Marine. But um, but let's roll into the the Brentford match. Uh, so uh, this past Tuesday, um, we took on. Uh, Brentford at home. Uh, this was kind of a you know a championship side that's legitimate. Like it's uh, like they're probably about as competitive, probably more competitive than the bottom of our table right now. If you look at like the Sheffield United right now, who's uh, who's not looking good, and we'll definitely talk about that in the second half. Brentford playing pretty good football right now. Um, 
we went into it and like we've been known to uh, flub these things especially in uh the, the, these types of competitions where we've gone deep we got a lucky draw but um i think we were all a little bit worried and it, it took a little while for us to to pull off the first goal but we uh we got to see uh uh sissoko in the 12th minute uh be able to pull off that first goal and then it like it kept feeling like the whole time I was watching this, like we needed a second goal, and we'll talk about this Sissoko goal. Um, but um, it took a very, very long time for us to get that second goal, and they they had a disallowed goal before we were able to get to the seventieth minute, minute sun goal to kind of make this more of a sure thing. Um, and you know, even though that they got their uh, uh, their eight, their eighty fourth minute goal. We we kind of had the the match under control at that point in time. Uh, but what do you guys uh, think on this uh, Brentford match, uh, Sam? Um, gonna say job done. I mean, I I kind of figured that it could be tough for us. Uh, Brentford, um, they're a team that I've that I've been following on the side kind of since the. Re- uh, project restart. Um, I watched um, watched them on ESPN Plus as they were um, um, going at promotion um, in the summer, um, which it, it, they're a pretty fun side to watch. Um, they they have a really good attacking style. Um, I felt like they could possibly give us fits. Um, they're fully capable of making it into the Premier League next year, they're probably better than a, a few sides. Like, I know I've talked with um, a, f- a few others within Chicago Spurs that said, you know, they, they would have been a better fit in the Premier League this year than Fulham. Um, not, not necessarily going to argue that, but it's 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 possible. But, um, but we came through. Um, was, it, was it ugly? Yes, but we... Did we advance? Are we going to Wembley? Yes. So I get that was really all that mattered to me in that match was just that we advanced, and I was happy to see that. Yep. John? Yeah, well, the the other thing that uh, we were just talking a, a minute ago about having to um, put out weakened teams and uh, use the squad in different matches, um, Mourinho did not do that in this game. He took it seriously. He put a first team out there. Uh, because he knew the game was important. Uh, and I think we're going to see that more often, quite honestly. Um, all it, Yes, the games get more and more important, and yes, we're going to put a stretch on players, but um, there's lots of times when we're going to need the, the first stringers out there, and um, he did that against Brentford. I thought they played very well. Um, Brentford were a lively team, as we discussed last week. This was their, this was their match of the year, um, apart from potential playoffs or automatic promotion, even if they get automatic promotion. Um, it's a fantastic game. So we knew they were going to come out just as strong as could be. And the fact that we got a goal pretty early, I think, was very useful. And um, we were able to, um, you know, follow it up with uh, Son's cracker. Um, so I think it was, I think it was, well, as Sam said, job done. We did what we needed to do. Um, well, in that first goal, John uh, Sissoko goal, like I, it, Sissoko was playing a lot more progressive and aggressive football than we've seen from him. I think in 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 recent 
matches and it may have been the competition um but there was this kind of change like we've we've been talking especially in our premier league matches about spurs playing this like defensive negative football that's uh um uh just counter attack and or bust whether no matter who the competition is and uh this was a competition that um that was less than us but but still had had something to give and it seemed like we came out after them and even Sissoko getting that far forward and not just with the goal like multiple times Sissoko was in the box and and causing fits for Brentford I I thought it was interesting to see that we had kind of made this aggressiveness aggressiveness shift in this match uh what do you think Tommy yeah I would say the same thing because like I'm looking through my notes. Like, Brentford, like, didn't have any end product, but they were threatening the whole time for the most part. Uh, they've had – what is it? Uh, they had a goal that got reversed by the looks of it in the 61st minute, you know, and it went to VAR. VAR. So that definitely helped. But, I mean – it's safe to us, or it's easy to say for us that the better team won. Thankfully, I'm just like how Sam and John were saying, like we got the job done. Thank. And the other thing that we're lucky with is that Brentford had two yellow cards early on, um, one in the 14th and 19th minute. So we were able to, how you were saying, Anthony, be more aggressive. So pretty pleased about that. And yeah. Oh, John, what were you gonna say? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing I really liked about the game is that um, Aurier came back and played a good game. Oh, yeah, he looked really the good. Game, the game before yeah, he yeah. was rocky. And, um, you know, I think everybody expects him to have bad games because he can, he can be in he can be in or out. But uh, he came back and had a very good game um, against Brentford, and uh, that was good to see. Yeah. No, and it was good to see because he really has been – the right back of the year and like I know we've been uh, um, kind of down on Doherty kind of an interesting fact that like when I was researching the game and I was looking at player ratings for for Spurs obviously Kane and Son are our two top rated players but third top rated player with the 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 system that they used with like the 200 stats in this uh, uh, analytics had Doherty third, and I'm like Doherty, like he's lo- he's looked like trash to most of us uh, this year, and I, I I just couldn't compute it. Um, uh, but maybe that's what something that Mourinho Mourinho seeing with with him. I obviously uh, REA um, made a bad mistake, and he got sat on the bench for a little bit. But it was nice to see him back and come back and have this good match in this one because I do think he is the. He contributes more to our our attack, and he he can be very good on defense when he doesn't make those stupid errors. Um, but um, he definitely has more of a skill set, I think, there that I'm seeing. Which I, I was shocked by those analytics when I looked at him. Like, really, Doherty is our third rated player of everybody else that we have. It's not in Dombele. It's not Hoiber. But, um, but well, I don't I don't think there's any doubt that. Uh, Aurier has um, reacted to having somebody else in that position. I mean, he has played much better since Doherty's been on the, uh, on the squad. And, uh, 
you know, sometimes that's what people need. Yeah, no, definitely. They need the competition. And uh, if nothing else, that's what Doherty has provided us competition for REA. And we got to see REA again in this one. So that was good. And it seems like we're going to go back to a normal rotation with the two of them. So that will probably be good for us in general. Um, well, I think this is probably a good place to go to MVP, LVP. I'll start with MVP. And I, I have to say, I think Sissoko is my MVP in this one. Um, not just the goal. Like, I think he. he, he he was aggressive, like he, he he made some good passes, which we don't often say about Sissoko. Like I, I like there was a couple of opportunities that he created that could have turned to goals that that, that didn't. Um, that I was just like, wow, like he, he, where is this guy and how is he driving into the box? Because I haven't seen, like normally you see Sissoko in the box, you're like, oh well, there it goes, <laughs> like there goes the best of intentions. But but in this one, he, he looked good. So he he was mine. So I, I'm gonna go Sissoko my MVP. We'll go to Sam next. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Sissoko as well. Um, he was very aggressive um, 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 in possession. Um, fought to get the ball back, um, and, and his goal was pretty pretty spectacular. Um, just great header in, into the back of the net. Um, I've watched that on repeat a couple times. It was good to see. Um, um, shout out to Regulon for an excellent cross uh, again. Oh yeah, Regulon with the cross. So you can't forget that. Good show. Yep. Uh, Tommy. Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement with Sissoko. Uh, Anthony, you pretty much took what I was going to say, but uh, I would say, I mean, Orie played pretty well. I, I would have given him the nod as well, but I think Sissoko. I mean, he scored. He had some great passes. Like he had one, a great one to Son that went wide. I mean, it is what it is, but I'm like, I would, but so I would say like out of everybody, he, I would say he played the most complete game and in terms of their position. So, yeah. Sounds good. John. Um, I think it's between, uh, Aurier, Hobier and, uh, and Sissoko. And for reasons I said before, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Sergio Aurier. I thought he had uh, man of the match game. It was nice to see. Yeah, yeah, and and good shout for Hoiber because he's uh, like we're almost nothing without him right now. Like for a guy that he came in and had a, that one poor match at the beginning, beginning of the season, and and in every every match since he's looked fantastic, and and he's become such a key part of our team. Like I, we need like a bench guy to give him a break now and then so we can keep him healthy and part of us for for a long time but he i mean he is he is huge to our squad so good job for him even if we're not going to give him the mvp uh let's go to lvp on this one and um i will i'm not going to take the take the first one i'm going to listen to everybody else first we'll we'll start with sam on this one davidson sanchez i Every time, seemingly ever, most every time we're we're in a relatively competitive match. I'm scratching my head. Um, um, it, I, I don't know. I mean, he he just kind of he 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 has trouble building up play. Um, he's error prone. And after such a great debut season with us, it's kind of frustrating to see him 
where he's at right now. He looks confused in the box a lot on set pieces. Oh yeah, right, for sure. Like, like it seems like he's a tall enough dude or a big enough dude that he should be competitive in those situations. But he often just seems like he has no idea what his position is supposed to be in those those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think we probably brought him into this match because they do did have some runners that we thought like oh he can probably handle this, but that never really. Uh, and uh, I think we could have gone with other options in this one besides Sanchez and still gotten the result that we got. But ultimately, we had a 2-0, so it's, uh, we got away with it with Sanchez in this one. But Tommy, who do you have for LVP? Yeah, I'm on the same boat with Sam. Sanchez, like, he, would, he was the worst player on the pitch for Spurs. I mean, he was shaky at the beginning. He kind of got a little bit together, but it was just like – like, how are you guys were saying, like, he just looked lost. It's like, he didn't know what to do. And and how Sam was saying, great first season with us, but, like, what happened after that? Like, I like I know what Pochettino, you know, kind of rolled into that, or it, or he could have read that way, but, like, Jose, yeah, kind of have to rebuild from that. Like, so I don't know if it's a system issue or what. And it's... It's very frustrating, and I mean, stay tuned for the for the back page segment with transfers. But it's like if you can't hack it or cut it and do well and lead the center backs against a second division side, I'm like, you're not good enough for us to contend for trophies. I hate yeah. to say it, I and I know he's expensive, but it's it is. I mean. That's what you get, I guess. I mean, and we have. Other, I, I think we have other options now too. And yeah, well, I'm like, well, you take the calculated risk with signing him, and it looked great beginning, but it's like, it sucks. I, I don't hate him or anything, but yeah, yeah. I don't know what else to say. He, well, he, he was a Potts player, and like, uh, maybe Potts will take him back. Who knows? But uh, John, who do you have? That's true. Um, I'm with you, Sanchez. I thought he looked outclassed. And if you're being outclassed by a championship team, you've got a problem. Um, he was really, uh, he was really poor. Um, what he would have been like against some uh, team that put a serious attack against us, I, I, uh, I hate to think. But yeah, I, I I know he was expensive, but I think we should cut our losses. I'm I'm not sure I want to see him uh, again. Quite frankly, um, you know we're we're getting over the problem of uh, Rodon. He's uh, he'll be eligible for the Europa League. Um, he's uh, he's not cup tied in the uh, in the FA Cup. So I can I can see him stepping up and taking Sanchez's spot, and uh, that'll be the last we see of him. I don't think we need him. We've got he's the fourth, as far as I've concerned, of the of the four centre backs that we've got, with Alderweireld, Dyer, Rodon, and uh, and Sanchez, and uh, the fourth it, fourth in that situation. I don't think gets much of an opportunity. He's had his chance. Goodbye. Yeah, no, definitely, and. Uh... I definitely agree with you guys. I mean, I uh, obviously jumped in and stepped all, all over everybody else's LVP 
So uh, for mine, it's Sanchez as well. And and hopefully we uh, find a way to move him along to a situation that's better for him. Because I think he probably could be good for a team that's uh, free-flowing and, and, and running and needs a fast guy to be able to chase people down in the, the back, like a high-press system. But he does not fit what we have now, and it it, it definitely looks ugly most of the time. And um, like we need somebody to defend on set pieces that can have a well structured defense, and that's not Sanchez. So, um, so LVP for me. But let's move the conversation along. We have had a second match this week. So this past Sunday, we took on uh, Breen. Um, so a team up in the Liverpool area, to my understanding, like uh, essentially a pub team. They they're named after a local pub, if I, if I understand right correctly. Yes, they um, are. They were um, um, obviously like uh, the, this was a re- respect situation. Like they for those guys, like this was the time of their life to be able to play against a team like Spurs. Um, I think we didn't re- disrespect them coming in and playing just chumps, but we also rotated or took the opportunity to rotate our squad and give some people some some minutes that they're um, not ordinarily getting. Give give Harry Kane the the day off, um, but still at the same time show them the respect that they deserve that they're earning that competition and give them their day out to be able to say they got to play against Gareth Bale for a few minutes in uh, in a match, which is probably fantastic for them. Um, but we did roll over them with this uh, 5-0 victory. Um, I think it was a, a fun day out. Uh, yeah, definitely, I, was, I enjoyed watching it. Like, it was an exciting match. Um, what do you guys think of this? I think John had to stand up first. Well, for me, this is what the FA Cup is all about. Just fantastic. Those guys will never forget this day. I thought the Spurs organization handled it beautifully, the way that they gave um, shirts to all of the players because they couldn't exchange shirts because of the COVID thing. So they gave each of the uh, Marine players a a shirt. Um, We got on with selling what I understand was close to 30,000 virtual seats to getting some money in there. They got the money from the... uh, from the TV rights, um, you could just tell um, I, that everybody was having a good time. I particularly liked the three women drinking champagne in their little tree hut. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, that, and uh, I understand the Spurs bus couldn't get all the way down the lane to the ground. I think they might have had to walk a little bit or something. But, uh, but yeah, that this is why we have the FA Cup. This is why it's the most fun and uh, competition in in the world, and um, just a terrific day. The uh, sport, the TV coverage was terrific. Um, we were able to give uh, give a run out to to some of the some of the youngsters who looked terrific, um, and come away with a, with a result that didn't shame them. Um, we played well enough to win. Uh, I think I would have felt a little awkward had it we scored more goals. I, I projected we'd score six, but you know, so I was one out. But uh, but no, just a just a great great day. And um, everybody's talking about this little sixteen year old Alfie Devine getting a goal, um, but he didn't just get a goal. He got a great goal. Yeah, oh was, yeah, that was, was yeah. Goal. It was a terrific shot and. 
just inside the post there. I mean, it, it wasn't a tap-in like a couple of Vinicius's were, but it was a great goal. So good performance. Great to see Vinicius on the score sheet. Three goals from him. Um, I can't remember the last time uh, Tottenham player got a hat-trick in the first uh, in the first half before. So yeah. just so much, just so much. This is what Harry's I'm, probably I'm done it for us, but um, like I, he's probably done a hat trick in the first half, but somewhere along the line, we'd have to look it up. But, but no, for, for Vinicius, like a young player that like he hasn't been getting a lot of minutes for him to be able to shine in this match. It's a great opportunity to give him some minutes and give him a chance to show that maybe he needs to get some more first team minutes. Maybe he can be that sub that can be a difference maker at times when we, we, we need that extra striker on. So that, that was exciting. Um, but you, you did mention uh, divine. Um, we also had white playing in this match. Like, uh, and Kyle may ask us a question about that. So Tommy, do you want to uh, go to that question? Yes, I do. Okay. So our good friend, Kyle from Indianapolis, uh, is Harvey White, Alfie Devine, Oliver Skip, our future midfield? I I think there's probably some potential there with all three of them. Like, maybe not all of them, but uh, I think we could see one or two of those guys be um, uh, um, an important part of the squad in the future. I definitely think Skip could be that backup for for Hoy Bear that we need in the future. Uh, um, he's looked fantastic on loan this year. I wish we could call him back now because I'm so worried that Hoy Bear is playing too many minutes that like I would love to give him like this type of match, like have an Oliver Skip to throw in there and say like okay, just roll over these guys and and we don't need a Hoy Bear, but we didn't need Hoy Bear for this one anyway. Uh, but but maybe some of those lesser Europa League matches, the um, the FA Cup matches that we have coming up, like I mean, there there could be some opportunity for a guy like an Oliver Skip. But I'm glad that he's getting the minutes away for now, and I know I'm, I know we're going to talk about him later, John. So I won't get into that too much. Uh, but I think these three, yeah, they could they could be players. Any, any or all or maybe none of them could could be uh, Tommy. Uh, excuse me, sorry. Um, Kyle, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I mean, this is probably very unlikely. I mean, Skip has been looking great so far. Harvey White is 16 years old. Let's be realistic right now. Um, I mean, he's shown promise. That's why he got the minutes. And he started Alfie Devine. Um, or no, Har- Alfie Devine's 16. Harvey White is like 21-ish. So, I mean, it could happen, but I mean... It's, I would say it's somewhat unrealistic, just because, or improbable, just because, I mean, when's the last time you had, like, three uh, youth players uh, commanding your midfield in the Premier League? I can't even remember. I, I like the promise that Skip's having. I think he'll feature in at least, like, 20-plus games next season. I think he's going to do mop-up duty for... Uh, Hoybeard probably start um, if he's up to snuff. Norwich love him, so I think he could easily make that move to the Premier League. Um, Alfie Devine, you know, like I said, too early to say. Harvey White, we'll see how it goes. Maybe he'll get, maybe he'll play uh, against Wickham. I don't know. John? Oh, John. Yeah, um, Skip, definitely. 
he's a pre- he's a premiership player. There's no doubt about that. As for the other two, um, yes, they've got enormous promise, uh, but we've seen in the past it's not all about promise. It's about application. It's about your lifestyle, and um, we've seen. Too many players, quite honestly, who have been superstars at 16 or 17 who have faded into obscurity. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. I really do, because um, I like both of these players very much. But it's far too early, and I, th- I don't think we should be putting the pressure on those two players to say, well, you're our, you know, that you're our new midfield. Uh, yeah, Tommy? Oh, yeah. So, again, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but for every, like, Youth hotshot like Michael Owen, Wayne Rooney, Jack Wilshire, to a certain extent, Theo Walcott, like they all made it big, had caps made, um, uh, an international tournament. But there's like, but like for Spurs, we've had a lot of duds. We had yep. John Bostic, we had uh, Lee Barnard, who I thought was actually going to do okay, uh, but he fizzled out, barely played for us. Uh, in the Premier League, we had, um, a young, somebody who's hailed to be the next uh, Didi Messi. Drogba. Oh, uh, the next Messi, I thought you were going to say. Uh, oh, yeah. Marcus um, Edwards. Marcus yeah, Edwards. Marcus Edwards. Uh, Christian Sabalos. Um, you, like, and, and Shubes, uh when you listen to this, I you actually remind me of this. Dean Parrott, like, I remember, um, I think it was a, da- a Telegraph or Daily Mail article. They're like, Who's gonna be the uh, who's gonna be like the starting eleven for England in 2014? Dean Parrott was supposed to be one of them. He was like a youth prodigy for Spurs. Yep. He's he's in like somewhere in like I don't even know if he's in the English football league anymore. But like Shubes told me, like he knew he wasn't gonna make it because he had a really nice car and he didn't even crack the first team yet. So. Well, they, yeah, we're going to talk about him when we get on to the uh, the loanee players. He's still in yeah. the league. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But, uh, but I think we have another question on young players as well that comes from Peter. So I think we should roll into that question since we're talking about Marine. And there's like we can talk about this match. We can talk about that we rolled over these guys. <laughs> it was more of a fun day out and like respect for them that 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 they were able to make it this far into the competition as. It just guys who have day jobs, uh, like you, you have to respect that always. Yeah. Uh, but let's go to Peter's question, Tommy. Cool. Uh, Peter's question is based on our FA Cup draw. I've altered my Marine Pod question below. As an old geezer, I love the FA Cup, and these days it's an opportunity to see the young our youngsters to see the pitch. White Clark and future club legend Alfie Devine all played well. Mm-hmm. But outside of our upcoming Wickham Wanderers fixture, how much will we see of them going forward this year? I, I think Wickham is probably the best opportunity, but let's hear from John first. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, quite honestly, games are going to start to mean too much. that We can't take a chance on some of these youngsters, no matter how good they are. Um, you know, if we want to win the FA Cup, and it's apparent that we do, then the games are going to get tougher. So, yeah, when we get to, if things go the way we anticipate, we're going to play Everton. Are we going to see him against Everton? No, we're not. Um, as teams get, as the matches get tougher in the Europa League, 
I don't think we're going to see them there either. Uh, maybe as a late substitute or something like that, but not much. I, I think that the uh, the season is now becoming focused, and uh, we, they've had their opportunities early on. But to, and this isn't to say they aren't great players, but I, don't, I think their opportunities from here on out are going to be very limited. Yeah, uh, I think Sam next. Yeah, it's fine. Well, yeah, um, I really don't see them uh, playing much outside of the Wickham game. Uh, like what John said, the fixtures ahead are going to be more and more important. But, yeah, they have shown some promise. I do think that this will you know, help hopefully next season that they may be able to gain some loan moves. I mean, we're going to see. I mean, it's been really obviously been really good for Oliver Skip this year. Um, hopefully that translates into him coming into the squad next year and performing a bigger role than he's already has. So, so hopefully we can get these guys to, you know, some uh, loan moves just so we, so they can develop, see some regular first, first team action. And this was a great opportunity in this Marine match to give these guys that run out that they need. And, uh, we don't get that many opportunities like this where it's like you're pretty confident that no matter what, we, we're going to be able to roll over this team. Um, like there's no uh, negative feelings about anything that's going to happen here. It's all good spirits. So just just give these guys a run out, and we got to see some of these guys here, but I don't know if we're going to see them again. Tommy? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys. My only thing is Wickham, they're the bottom of the championship. So I don't know if Alfie Devine would make it. I think Harvey White and Clark could snip the bench. I do think both of them could snip the bench against Wolfsburger just because the Europa League does have an expanded bench. But I mean, if they're going to get any time, it, it might be a few minutes here and there. I mean, as John said, we want to win trophies this season. Um, it would, a, it would be unfair to throw them in the deep end like that. And the only way I can see Jack Clark, or I don't think Alfie Devine would probably sniff the bench again. It, this was just an opportune time because we played Marine. But uh, Harvey White and Jack Clark, I would say, if they were going to feature again this season, aside from Wickham and Wolfsburger, there must be a huge rate of attrition. Um, Clark would be the most likely out of all those three, but it's relatively slim for him, I would say, in general. Yeah, and Clark we kept around. So, I mean, he, he was a person that we didn't send out on loan. Um, obviously, he's an English player, so he probably that, that, that led into it. But, like, you think if it, we're going to use any of them moving forward, maybe he'll see, like, the, the like garbage minutes. Uh, John? Yeah, I'm not even sure at this point if White and um, Clark are in the uh, Europa squad. Yeah, I don't know that they are because, well, unless it's like an English player quota that we're not seeing, but I think Clark is the guy that does that. Like, he's the guy that he's he's there in that Europa squad because he just happens to be English and he kind of balances out the uh, quota that we need. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, I, I, I'm certain Devine is not in that squad. No, and, oh, definitely. Um, not. I'm not. I don't believe White is either. But uh, 
Yeah. They, they, will be, well, they, will be, they could be listed in the secondary squad, which means they would be eligible to be on the bench or play, but that's it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But regardless, this was a fun match to watch. It was uh, it, it, it w- w- was nice to, to to see the hat trick and and, and see Vinicius, who I don't think he's been getting enough minutes with us. I think we'd like to see a little bit more of him. Um, uh, see him get to shine in a competition like this. And yes, it's an easy competition. I don't think his hat trick shows that. Like, yes, this is like he. He, he belongs in the first team that it doesn't show that, but it, it shows that he has something to provide and, and we might want to use a little bit more of him off the bench. Like when we, we need that goal late, like uh, may, maybe he could provide something if uh, to the first team. And I think that's what you get. Like you get to see uh, this taste of the future out of a match like this, that we, we don't ordinarily get to see. Uh, but I think with that, let's go to MVP LVP and I'll start with MVP and I'll go to John first. Um, for MVP, I am going to say uh, Vinicius. thought he took his opportunities well, played well. Anytime you score a hat-trick in one half, it's a good game. And uh, I, I really th- I think he played very well and that um, it would be good to, uh, good to give it to him. I would also give a shout-out to Deli Ali. I thought he had a great game too. But uh, yeah, we didn't I'm going to go with Vinicius. Us. That, 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 that's a good chat. We didn't talk about Delhi much, and Delhi did perform well today, and maybe we should have a conversation about that at some point. But, Tommy, who do you have? I got the same thing with John Vinicius. Uh, this is in stark contrast to Davidson Sanchez. And when I say that, this is a, what, seventh or eighth-tier team. Um, first goal, he actually got a little lucky, and he knew it because he was – you can see the look on his face. He was very frustrated, like he should have just nailed it instead of – winging around the goalkeeper and just smashing it in. Uh, the last goal was a good piece of technique from what I thought. It looked pretty good. Um, so with this, in contrast to Davidson Sanchez, this kind of proves that he's at least worthy of being Harry Kane's backup. Um, hopefully this warrants a little more minutes, maybe like five, ten minutes, um, if we beat Fulham or Sheffield, or Sheffield United. Um, this week, but let's get the rust out and let, let him play a little more. He's certainly proven the point that he's he can do it for now, so why not? Yeah, okay, uh, Sam? I'm going to go with Vinicius as well. Um, like John said, took advantage of his opportunity, scored three goals, um, put the game away very early on and was just classed um, during the first half. He, he was fun to watch. Just in general, it was a really fun game for me to watch. And he made it that way. Yep. Um, I don't think there's any argument. I'll, I'll agree with Vinicius, but I do want to um, expand on Deli Ali, who I think had a very good match here. And he, I think even. Um, Jose said, came out and said that like that he showed character in this match. Like he, and I think he was unselfish too. Like he gave opportunities to other people. Um, he really facilitated that mid- midfield, and like it, it was against 
against an easy side. It could have been easy for Deli Alley to come out there and be lazy and say, hey, I'm out the door. I got one foot out the door. Um, but he, he actually looked like he wanted to be here still. And, um, and part of me hopes that he's showing us that he might stay. Um, he might not. But, like, uh, I, I do love that guy, and I, I, I do hope that what he was showing was that yes, he he, he wants to be Spurs still, and and uh, and hopefully Jose wants him to be Spurs still. Although I think it's it's tough to find that place in this system, regardless. But um, but but definitely Vinicius, honorable mention to uh, Delhi. Let's go to LVP, uh, Sam. Uh, five nil win. Everyone I thought took advantage of the opportunity, played well. I can't, I can't pick out an LVP. Okay, fair enough, uh, uh, Tommy. I would be inclined to agree with you, Sam. Except I didn't think Jensen played very well. I oh, thought yeah. he looked, I thought he looked lost out there. I mean, there was some, he had some moments, but I mean, the bad outweighed the relatively oh. halfway decent. Um, I mean, if rumors are true, he's going back to Lisbon, um, sometime this month, but unfortunately, I I mean, I wish him well, of course, but I was really hoping that this 18 months would have been good for him. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case. Yeah, no, uh, fair enough. And I think you're right about Jetson. Like, uh, I, I remember being very frustrated with him in the beginning, him giving like a lot of giveaways that like it didn't seem like they needed to happen. I I he's going. I don't think he was that good. He'll be mine as well, so I to save us some time. Uh John? Well, I was gonna say he gets in two. I mean, I think the, that's the last game we're gonna see of him in uh, in our shirt. He's going back in January. He didn't do anything to suggest that we should um, change that decision. I mean, if you look at, I think Deli Ali and him were playing similar roles, had similar opportunities, and Deli Ali really took the opportunity. Getson didn't. I don't think, uh, as I said, I think that's the last time we'll see him in a Spurs shirt. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, uh, it was. I, I was shocked that he was evening used because it was rumored that he was going to be leaving anyway. So at this point. Like, why not save that spot for somebody else? But it was probably more just about giving a rest to somebody else at this point and uh, might as well use them uh, when you have them. Uh, anything else before the half? Um, well, um, second half, we're going to have a lot to talk about, too. We have, like, a canceled Villa match and Fulham being scheduled and Sheffield United talk about two previews. Um we're going to talk uh, about some transfer rumors, but uh, uh, halftime first, we're going to go to John's lone player update. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, mate. And uh, we've got some interesting things going on in the uh, John's January loan update. Um, as of today, two players have returned from loans. Uh, Jack Rolls has returned from Burton Albion. He wasn't having a good time there. Um, he wasn't getting the opportunities to play. They would, he was injured. He was away as a Cyprus international. The last time I spoke, which was a month ago, I said that this loan didn't look like it was working out, and he's been brought back. 
Um, Kaziah Sterling, who was on loan at League Two South End, has been brought back. He only really featured in the EFL Trophy. He wasn't playing in the league, and, and he has. Um, so he's returned to Tottenham. Going the other way, uh, Jubril Okandina, who signed a new contract with us this week, has been put out on loan at League Two Cambridge United. He was an unused sub uh, yesterday or over the weekend when uh, uh, when Cambridge won 2-1 at Harrogate. Now, they're currently in third place in League Two, so he will be involved with a team that is um, pushing for promotion. And I'm going to touch in a little bit on that a little later on, but that's, uh, that's the changes. So two back, one out. Uh, those that are out, um, Oliver Skip has been ever-present in the league. He was given a rest against their win against Coventry, but he's playing fantastic and... Um, Really, when we get him back next year, it'll be like a new signing. Um, Troy Parrott at Millwall. He, he, I, I learned something this week. I learned that if you go down in the box and get fouled and a penalty is given, you get an assist. Now, I didn't know this before, but now Troy Parrott has one assist with Millwall because that's what happened. Um, he, he, um, they scored the penalty. He played 81 minutes in the cup against Boreham Wood. Um, I don't know if if Spurs are getting frustrated or if Millwall are getting frustrated, but Troy Parrott was meant to be sent away to score goals, and um, he's not scoring goals. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure quite how that'll go. I mean, he certainly thinks in his own mind he's a superstar, and um, he's got to start showing it before things get better for Troy. Um, Ryan Sessignon who has been playing very well at Hoffenheim. He got a weekend off because he had a knock, but he missed out on a 4-0 defeat for off Hoffenheim over the weekend. Um, Juan Foyth is a real uh, conundrum. I don't know really what's happening with him at Villarreal. Um, he's had a mixed week. He had uh, 90 minutes as centre-back against uh, in the Copa del Rey when they beat Zamora, a team named after one of our ex-forwards. Um, and he was an unused sub in their 4-0 win against Celta Vigo. Um, as we've talked about before, Villarreal have the ability to make this permanent at the end of the, at the, end of the loan. And I didn't think that looked very likely before. And with another move this week, I think it's going to get even less, unlike, uh, even less likely as Villarreal just signed our old friend Etienne Capoue, um, who started over uh, Foyth against Celta Vigo this week. So with Capoue in the squad, I think Juan Foyth moves down. I don't really know what's going to happen with him. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers, brilliant. He is no longer injured. He'd been injured for a long time. Um, but he played 40 minutes in their 4-0 win at, uh, at Oldham. Um and he's uh, so he's back and he's getting uh, he's getting involved. Uh, Joshua Olumwemi, uh, I still don't understand this uh, this loan. He hasn't featured in a uh, in a league match. He came on as a sub for forty five minutes in one game. Uh, the, on the club website, they're saying he's gaining experience by being part of a first team squad. Well. 
doesn't sound like that's very useful to me, quite honestly. Um, so we've we've got that. Shiloh Tracy is at Shrewsbury at League One. He had an early. Uh, um, he had he was injured early on and is now suffering because the whole Shrewsbury team is suffering. They've had a number of fixtures cancelled because of COVID. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. But um, just to uh, just to go back to promotion battles, we have got four players who are currently involved in promotion battles, and I think that that experience is going to be fantastic for them. We've got Oliver Skip. He's with uh, Norwich. They're currently top of the championship. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers with Bournemouth. They're in a promotion battle. Uh, TJ Ioma is with Lincoln, and they are currently top of the league. And the new Loney Okandina at Cambridge, they are in promotion uh, places too. So um, I think the experience for those guys is going to be great. Experience for some of the others is uh, is mixed. But that's my report, and I'll see you next month. Well, thank you, John. Actually, very informative. And, like, it's it's been interesting with some of these guys on loan to, to – like, I think Pochettino didn't understand the value of loan uh, in a way that Jose certainly does. And it's giving these players opportunities, and they might never amount to anything for us, but it does give them the opportunity to show that they could potentially amount to something for us. And, like, if nothing else, it, we have, like, a potential sale in the future of a player, or we have a potential player that can step into the squad. And I, uh, it's great to see that we're using the loan system better i think uh tommy you look like you had a oh no 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 point uh i but this is probably a good time for us to go to tommy's back page update the other halftime segment all right cool thanks anthony and as anthony noted my name is tommy and this is your back page update uh so i have a few news Thing or things about news, Jesus Christ, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do this live and talk about it anyway, so it yeah. can be conversational. Okay, okay, so we'll do it each piece by piece then. Um, so as you know, per yesterday's match against Marine, Spurs finally have a new sleeve sponsor. Uh, Cinch is the fastest growing online car selling platform, think of it similar to like cars.com, I would say, uh, in America. And uh, it will feature on the sleeves for both men and women's squads for the next five years based on big six figures, which would be us, the bad boys down the road, our, oh, I already said them, that's redundant, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, I forget if I'm forgetting somebody else, but um, this could be around £10 million a year. So sponsor looks good, give or take around £10 million a year, why not, I'll take it. Yeah, I, and it could be worse. I mean, I, we could have Angry Birds on our sleeve, or oh, uh, there's a lot of crap out there. <laughs> like, uh, I'll I'll take like a unknown car buying app or whatever it is. Well, uh, apparently this company is relatively new, so but yeah, startup, so yeah. But I mean, apparently they have a good reputation, so why not? Yeah. That seems like a good option. Like, a, and I, I think since we're going into sleeve sponsors, it's that added m- money, and and I think we need to think about looking at 
naming our stadium eventually. And I think we probably would have done it by now if it hadn't been for COVID. But um, like, I think we're eventually going to get a stadium sponsor, and, and like all that is revenue that is going to make us bigger and better. So I, I'm all for the sleeve sponsor. Cool. Uh, John, Sam, do you have anything to comment about that? John, nope. you're on mute. John, you're on mute. No, I think uh, sponsorship's a big part of the game right now, and uh, Levy's consummate professional at getting the best buck for um, the best bang for his buck on that. And uh, you know, I don't want our shirts to become like uh, like Formula One driver shirts, but um, <laughs> little on the sleeve yeah, for ten million pounds a year. Yep, thank you very much. Lovely, jubbly. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it, it it's not distracting. That's the big thing to me. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, or I remember Nate. He's got a Vincent Jansen Monterey kit. And if you watch oh, them play on the field, like in Liga MX, it's just like there's sponsors everywhere. Like how John said, it's like watching a Formula One car. It's like sponsors everywhere. Just like, where do you want to put it? They'll just slap it on there. Yeah. It's <laughs> but it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's the way things are going now. Um, Sam, did you have anything? Uh, it, good business. I mean, I think it was a long time coming, possibly overdue, but I, it, 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 again, that was the way the game's trending, but I think it, we found the right one and, uh, got, got a good deal out of it too. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, next point. Okay. Next up. Um, the club is keen to tie up stars, Harry Kane and Hungman's son on longer contracts. Um, the current issue right now is they have to hold off talks due to the club's finances. Um, the aforementioned cinch sponsorship does help a little bit, but um, the issue again is the talks will open up again be- once they have actual a clearer picture of the finances, which in theory would mean once a pandemic is over and once they let fans into the stadium again. Um, I do. I mean, I think we are all in agreement that this contracts will be done eventually. It's just a matter of when um, the silver lining right now is both have at least two years on their contract. So fingers crossed the pandemic will be over by then. Yeah. And I've heard the rumors of, uh, was it real being inter- uh, interested in sun? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think either of these players want to <laughs> right now. I think they, they enjoy playing for us as long as we can eventually give them the money that they deserve. Uh, or at least increase it enough to make it beneficial for them to stay around. I think, I think we can keep them. It's just a matter of uh, t- taking those steps. And yeah, like I think we would have been in the perfect position if COVID never happened. The stadium opened as normal. We've been um, having that merchandising and everything that comes along with the stadium over the last uh, fourteen months. Yeah, and the events too, like whether it be NFL concerts. Yeah, all that. There's stuff. There's a lot like, of revenue. Like we would have, been, we would have been like Sun and Kane. It would have been non-issue. We just pay, give the man their money, is yep. what we would do. But uh, at this point, um, COVID happened. But I think players even realize that, and like, I don't think they're going to be fishing to leave. I think we'll keep them ultimately. Yeah, I mean the the comment that Rail's interested in in Son. My response to that is, duh. 
There isn't a team in the world that wouldn't want Son. I mean, what a ridiculous thing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of one or two players that that, uh, that everybody would want. But uh, I, I, I think he's happy. Um, my biggest concern right now is uh, allegedly Lloris has turned down a contract. Yep, and which is with... actually my next comment. Or oh, my let's, next okay. news well, let's have me go to the next comment then, yeah. Let's switch. Okay. Um, so as noted by John, um, and also Football Insider, uh, Hugo Lloris has rejected a new lucrative contract. Um, current contract is set to expire in the summer of 2022, um, which is when the World Cup in – actually, no, the World Cup in Qatar would, would be played that fall or winter. Um, the rumored reason for the rejected contract is because he wants to play for former manager Mauricio Pochettino. I think there might be a little bit of that, but the other – sticking point, I think, is money. Um, Hugo Lloris right now is, what, 33, 32, 33? So his next contract, whether it be Spurs, PSG, or whomever, that's going to be his last big payday. So, I mean, aside from winning, I mean, those are two things. I mean, I don't... I've I've grown up over time, like, if I was a kid, I'd be like, this guy's a piece of shit. You know, he's disloyal, but I mean, like, right now, I'm like, get paid. I mean, he's won a World Cup. He's won with Lyon in the past. I mean, unfortunately, he hasn't won with Spurs yet, but what really motivates him? Ultimately, we don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, he is French, and, you know, Paris is in France, and you're right, 32. It may be the length of the contract that we're offering him that he doesn't like. We haven't had any feedback on that, just that he has rejected it. Um, is he still going to be playing when he's 35? I don't know. Probably, but maybe not for us. We want a younger guy. But uh, it disturbs me a little bit because I think he's terrific in that position. And, um, you know, we, we're going to need him for uh, for the future. Yeah. I mean... I talked about it in the shower Spurs group. Nobody responded, but that's okay. But the thing, like, if if Hugo is adamant on leaving, I say we sell him to PSG or whomever. And because the uh, a player that's out of contract at the summer, and we could talk to him right now in theory, is uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, who is 21 years old and he plays for AC Milan. He is really good. So, like... I mean, that's a pipe dream for him, but, like, if we could tie that, if we could get him to replace Hugo Lloris, I'd be more than happy with that, but yeah. unlikely. Yeah. You know, like, as much as I got, and I love Hugo, but I understand that he, like, he probably, like, he was, he's been with us for a while, but I think he had sort of an attachment to Pochettino, even though he was here before Pochettino, and... I could see him wanting to go to PSG or some other team and 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 reunite and and at his age, like I think we could find another keeper, but we better have the that plan in place, is what I think. Is like as much like if we don't have a better option than Hugo, we better find one if he's going to leave. It's kind of yeah, because it's certainly not going to be hard as a nigger. Yeah, no, it's not going to be Hart and Gazaniga. We'll, we'll be in trouble if that's the case, Sam. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's an issue that does concern me, just because what he means to the team. 
He is our captain after all. Um, he's been a very good player for us. Um, I, I do believe that he wants to reunite with Pochettino, but does he really want to compete with Kaylor Navas for the number one spot at PSG? That's he is in his mid thirties, I think, right? Yeah, they're about similar in age. Both have achieved, but at the same time, we we have to have some sort of plan in place, whether it be Donnarumma, or we all know that Dean Henderson is just way too good of a keeper after what we saw at Sheffield last year to be to be David De Gea's backup. That he's a guy that needs to be playing at week in week out in the Premier League. So that's that's a possible route too. But yeah. I think a plan would if Hugo makes it clear during this window that he's going to leave at some point then we have to go ahead and put the plan in place. Yeah, we we need the backup plan is what I I think at this point like Gazaniga never seemed to be the backup plan as like he was he was all right. Um Hart obviously is just like the English fill in. So yeah, this is this could be a problem moving down the road that we have to think about. Uh, but let's move along to the next point. Like you have a couple more, right, Tommy? Yes, I do. Uh, this is a rehash from last week about Harry Wings. Um, so it's alleged by the Daily Mail, and Daily Mail also take it with a grain of salt, um, that Spurs have rejected an offer for, from La Liga side Valencia to take Harry Wings on loan. Uh, Valencia is prepared to make an off- another offer. Um, allegedly, the sticking point is the fee plus wages. So if that can be balanced out, something in theory could could happen. Um, but a few issues. Valencia, they're so poor they can't pay attention. Another one, I mean, it would work for all parties involved in theory, but the other one is how we talked about is the quota for English players. Yep. So the only way I think if Harry Winks would ever come in or leave on loan is if we get a player, an English player on loan or signed permanently. I don't think that's likely now. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Tommy. Um, the uh, the balance of that Europa squad and the rules that are enforced regarding homegrown players, uh, I think make it very unlikely that we would uh, get rid of Winks. I mean, all we need is, a, is an injury and um, he's going to be if we don't have Winks to, to step in, because he can play a number of different roles, um, I think we'd be in trouble. And I, I just don't see, for that reason and that reason alone, I do not see that, that's, I don't think there's legs in that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, John. Like, he's an English player. Um, like, we, we need that English quota. Like, how can we let a guy like Winks go, even if we're not going to use him in most of our Premier League matches? Like we we need that guy, and Don Blank obviously can't play every match. Um, um, we don't want to see that Winks Soko comp- uh, combination very often, but like we, we we need to accept the fact that like Winks is a guy that like against lower table sides or um, some Europa League sides or, or FA Cup or League Cup. Winks could be a useful tool still, and as much as he probably wants to leave to be able to uh, showcase to be able to make it the uh, Euro Cup this summer, 
we we need him unless the deal's right. I I just don't see how we let him go. Like um, it, and he is Spurs. Like I think there's a potential future for him if he's willing to wait it out. Um, but I just don't see this happening. Um, and obviously the financials have fallen apart on this deal. I think it seems like. Um, I could see him staying. I could see Deli Alley staying and him staying just because the financial deal just doesn't come up in this COVID situation. Like the, these guys might not have that outlet that they want. Like um, normal circumstances, they might be moved along. But right now, uh, teams have to hold a little bit tighter to the vest. Well, the other thing is in looking at players coming in, um, I don't think there's going to be much movement, quite honestly. But if if I don't see any homegrown players that we're being um, associated with as bringing in, and if that's not going to happen, it's going to unbalance the the European squad. Um, and uh, and again, that's uh, that's not something that we want to do. I mean, yeah. we're, we're being uh, linked today with Lille's defender Sven Botman, um, yep. and I think he'd be a good uh, a good asset. But how does he upset the uh, the homegrown player ratio? That's uh, you know, sad but true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tommy, uh, any other? Yeah. Um, aside from what John said, we're actually ale- allegedly quote unquote in line for another defender, um, and he's from Real Madrid. Uh, his name is Adair Militao. Um, the rumor is that he would come on loan with the right to buy. Unfortunately, if this was to happen, he would be expensive as he does have four and a half years left on his contract. Um, for those who don't know him, center back at Real Madrid came from Porto for 50 million euros. Um, I would say this is good as dead just because of the asking price and how I said earlier, um, finances. Um, if this were to happen, it, it'd be at the summer at the earliest. And, of course, this would mean the end of uh, Debs and Sanchez's career at Spurs. Yeah, we'd uh, have to sell Davidson for a reasonable contract to be able to even think about that, right? Uh, no. I mean, as much, like, unless there's a somebody in the league that we're going to be getting for as a center back. I just don't see it happening. No, but it's, I think it's interesting that the players we're being associated with are all central defenders. And uh, you go back to the fact that we've got uh, one who we don't think is uh, cutting the mustard in that position. Then um, seems fairly obvious to me that that's where we would be looking for, for strength. Especially yeah. with Toby aging out. Like, I mean, to- Toby, as great as he's been for us, he's not going to be with us forever. We needed a- another option in that position. And Rodon, I think, could be like a potential. Like, he, he might be like a- he's the left footed Sanchez that might be able, uh, not as fast, but taller and ha- offers a little bit more in the air, I think. Um, he, I think he, he offers. I think he offers a lot yeah. more all the way around than. Yeah, uh, he looked good yesterday too. That's the other thing. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, but I but I still think we need something else in, in the mix because 
Toby's not going to be there forever. Dyer is dire as much as he's really stepped up this year. I don't think he's our like he's not the the person that you build your defense around. I don't think he needs. That's the issue with Dyer. I think he needs like a leader to help command, and he does the the rest of the work. So I don't I don't see Dyer being that guy that would be that has the command. Like he would he would be the one taking the instructions. From other people, yeah, I think he might surprise you with that. I think if Elderworld moves on, which he must eventually, I can see Dyer stepping up into that position and being the leader over a, a, a Rodon in the uh, in the back in the center back there. Yeah, it, it it could happen, but I think we probably need a, a couple more pieces, another piece at least into that mix. But um, yeah. any other uh, points? To the no, back page. no. Uh, and as I always say, I'm Tommy, and that's your back page update. Thanks. 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 And that was uh, great to have that back and forth conversation, especially this time of year with uh, the the window open, and we'll have another couple of weeks of this where we can kind of have these conversations before it slams shut, and, and hopefully we have some more to talk about moving forward. But we have two matches to preview, so let's roll into this, and we're probably going to do this pretty fast because we've been going long. Um, so we were supposed to play Aston Villa this Wednesday, uh, January 13th, but that was postponed due to COVID. They, they had too many players. They managed to get their last match in, and, and the league shut them down. Um, and then in the place, the league decided that, like, well, we have this Fulham match that we weren't able to play because of COVID previously. Um, and this is a good opportunity to make up that match, which I think is probably smart and responsible. But we do have two questions that go to this point of uh, of us us switching the Aston Villa Fulham. Um, one is from Shubes, and one is from Kyle Mates, who asked another question. So if you could read both those questions, then we'll just kind of talk about it in general, Tommy. Yes, uh, Shubes' question is fortunate for us. We could switch for Fulham for Villa, but does the Premier League need to establish a protocol as the R rate, I'm assuming Rona, aka COVID, um, for this new mutation in England is much higher than the original one? Uh, again, from Kyle Mates, our good friend in Indy, um, who's angrier about Wednesday uh, Villa canceling or Fulham picking up a midweek against Spurs? Yeah. Um, hi, Stoops. Nice to hear from you. Um, I think you're absolutely right about the Premier League having to establish a specific um, regulation as far as the COVID is concerned. I mean, obviously, they applied a different rule to Aston Villa in the Cup than they've applied to Aston Villa in the league. And I don't know what that rule is. Um, I mean, Aston Villa were forced to, to play a youth team in the Cup. Um and uh, but they're not being forced to play a uh, a Premiership game when and I don't know how many of their players are available. So I think you're absolutely right that that should be established and applied. Who's going to be more upset? Well, I don't think Aston Villa's going to be upset because they're going to miss a game where they would have had to have fielded a weakened team. So I don't understand why they would be upset. Fulham evidently is upset because they haven't had a chance to prepare for it. Well, 
you know what? You got a break a couple of weeks ago when the match was cancelled. Um, we don't know how many players you had out at that point, but you chose to cancel that game. You knew it it needed to to be rescheduled. And um, sorry, tough. It's been rescheduled for Wednesday. Um, get on with it. I, I'm with John on this. Like, uh, yeah, you, you knew you rescheduled. This is a COVID situation. It could happen to us, and I might eat these words later if, like, we have hurricane and sun out with COVID at some point. Like, uh, knock on wood. But, um, but at the same time, like, we've got to get this season in at some point, and you, you have to just be willing to accept the fact that some things are not going to go your way. You're not going to get the schedule you want, and I understand. They probably would have set up differently. Like they, they're going to have to play us. They're going to, and, and let me kind of go through Fulham right now. So currently they sit 18th place in the league with 11 points. That's two wins, five draws, and eight losses. Uh, their most recent match was a 2-0 win to QPR in the FA Cup um, uh, on Saturday. Uh, they drew Southampton, drew Newcastle, drew Brighton, and drew Liverpool prior to that. So a lot of draws in there are missed. So they are draw city right now. Um, they have to take on Chelsea away on Saturday, uh, the 15th. Now I'm thinking that this might the t- date might get moved, but I haven't uh, seen information on that yet. Um, uh, their top goal scorer right now is Bobby Reed with four. Uh, both Lookman and Mitrovic have two behind him. Uh, top assists are Lookman and Mitrovic with two. Top rated is Tom Carney with 7.11. And Anthony Robinson is behind him with 7.08. Uh, the last five times that we have faced Fulham, um, going... Uh, Starting in January of 2019 and going back to, to December 2015, we have won all of those matches. Um, two Premier League matches in the middle in February 2017 was an FA Cup when they were not in the league. And then, but all wins. So we've handled Fulham pretty well. Uh, but they are working out a lot of draws, even against stronger sides than them. So is this. Uh, should we be concerned, or is this the best time to reach to, to face Fulham when they're not prepared for us, uh, Tommy? Well, you brought up the future matches, but this is a month for hell up from hell, I would say, for Fulham because they're playing Chelsea on Saturday, allegedly. Uh, Man U next Wednesday, Fulham, but that's FA Cup. But they're also playing Brighton on the twenty sixth and West Brom, so. Either they're playing heavy hitters or they're going to be relegated six-pointers. Minus Burnley, that's FA Cup. So, Scott Parker, he's got his hands full. He's got to figure out what to do um, and how he wants to sort this out. Because there's it's not, it's not going to be easy. So, I mean, for us, we were very fortunate that the Aston Villa game got canceled. So... We got two very winnable games against Fulham, and then on Sunday, we got Sheffield United. So, um, I think it'll be interesting. I, I'm not, I think there might be a mix of a lineup for both these games, just to see how these players will play with each other instead of a full-strength squad. Um, 
And like I said earlier, I can see Vinicius playing or at least featuring some garbage time. I don't think he's going to start either game, but uh, I can see some bench players either starting or at least featuring somewhat heavily with at least 25, maybe 30 minutes, potentially. Well, Tommy, you mentioned the Sheffield United, too. Like, this is a fantastic opportunity for us. Like, Aston oh, yeah. um, yes, they just came up, but they are a competitive side in the middle of the table right now, and uh, we get to replace them with Fulham in the midweek um, after, like, we had our kind of garbage game against uh, um, in, in, in the FA Cup against a... Marine, Marine. That's not, uh, not 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 something we had to worry about. So we get to face Fulham and then Sheffield United, who is bottom of the table. They don't have a win yet in the league this season. Um, so we get these two teams that are at the bottom of the table. This could be the, our opportunity to move up the table while other teams struggle with these uh, fixture congestions and. And drop points. This could be our chance to move back up the table if we handle this the right way. And uh, like if, if if we don't come in to draw uh, and work out a draw to Fulham, who likes to seem seems to like to work out those draws. I think this could be a great match for us to show that like we're back in it. Yeah, I agree entirely. I think this is six points we've got to take if we're going to be contenders. We need to get six points out of these two games. Um, I'm not sure, Tommy, if Venetius is going to show. Um, remember, Kane was given uh, Sunday off. He's given the weekend off. He hasn't. He won't have played in a week. I expect him to be back. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm just now saying, whether like, or not, true. you know, and and from there on out, the schedule is, uh, you know, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, uh, Sunday, and. Um, I, I, you know, we've got a squad that can that can handle that. But I'd like to see Vinicius get some time because he because he's showed he scored goals against yeah. Marine. But I I expect us to put a tough lineup out in both games. Um, you know, these guys, these points uh, historically we've this is where we've tripped up, and if we're going to make a difference this season, this is where we really need to take advantage. Yep, definitely. Uh, Sam, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, we, we have to take advantage of this situation. Fulham possibly, you know, playing a squad that's more or less a hodgepodge. But at the same time, we have to approach this seriously. Have to put you know, a strong squad on the field because this is the same team that's drawn against some very good teams this year. They're capable of doing it against us on Wednesday. So. We got to go. I think we got to go in there and really just go after them. Yeah, yeah this, quite right. So. This is this is the threat. Like they 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 have the potential not to beat us, but to draw us when we desperately need three points. Um, and, and that's what we have to prevent here. And we have to set up our lineup to to do that. And I think that means playing a very aggressive side and not being. Uh, Counterattack like this is I I think if we play the way like play a stronger squad and play the way that we played in the League Cup um, I, I I think we could have a very good day out like if we play aggressive 
like even Sissoko bombing up the pitch. Like I think we could uh, we could have a good day out is my thinking. But let's go to predictions on this one. So we'll start with John with predictions. Um, for the uh, Fulham game, we're going to win 3-0. Kane's going to get two. Son's going to get one. You want my prediction for Sheffield United as well, or are we going to go, go around and do Fulham? Uh, we'll do Sheffield United separate, but like uh, uh, Tommy? <sighs> I want to say we're at least going to get a shutout. So I, I'm going to one-up John. I'm going to say 4-0. I think we're going to ride this little winning streak that we have. So I will say Kane gets two because, as John said, he hasn't played in a while in Kane terms. Um, Son, and I will go with Bergvine for the fourth. Excellent. And Sam? I'm going to go 3-0 in this game. Um, Give Son two, Harry Kane one. Um, I think... Um, we're going to get two goals in the first half and then one in the second to just uh, put it on ice and kind of coast till the end, make some subs, um, get some guys some rest, and so we're ready for Sheffield on Sunday. I'm going to say, like, I, I think this is going to be like a, one of those ones that's a little bit more stressful. Like, we think it's going to end in a draw. It's 1-1 for a long time. <laughs> Um, but then we get we, we get a uh, a second goal late, and then we're able to work out like a third goal after that soon after. Uh, so it ends up being three one. Um, I'm going to say two from Harry, one from Son. Um, now the Sheffield we've kind of already alluded to it. So Sheffield is sitting 20th place in the league, uh, two points. So that's uh, zero wins, two draws, and 15 losses. Uh, their most recent match was a 2-3 win to the Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup um, uh, away uh, on the ninth. Uh, they lost to Palace prior to that, lost to Burnley, lost to Everton, and drew Brighton prior to that. Um, they take. Uh, they do have a match on Tuesday to, against Newcastle at home on the 12th. So uh, they're playing tomorrow, um, so so they do have that to worry about. And then after us, they take on Manchester United away on the 27th. Uh, so they have a lot to worry about going on. It's not getting any easier for the bottom of the table team. Uh, their top goal scorer is uh, David McGoldrick with four. Uh, Sander Berg is behind him with one. Um, t- uh, both him and uh, Berg uh, have one for assists, and then uh, this is um, then Ethan Ampadu is the trap rated player with six point seven eight, and Sander Berg oh. is behind him with six point five nine. So this, these are not very good players right now. Um, they're they're not playing well. Like whether we play defensive. Uh, attacking minded like this is probably the match that like we can rest a couple of guys maybe lucas starts this one instead of uh um bergvine Bergvine. yeah yeah like this is the one where we can rest easy a little bit and still be able to handle these guys they're they're not good the last five times we faced them we we did lose to them in uh july um three one 
Uh, that was kind of a pitiful performance, but they were uh, kind of on a roll uh, last year that's not really in place right now. We drew them the pri- prior two times, then we go back to 2015, so it doesn't matter. Um, what do you guys think on this match? Uh, Sam? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to sleep on it whatsoever because this is a team that took four of six points against us last year. Um even though their form this year has been really bad, probably since I've, in the 10 years I've been watching the Premier League, probably the worst of any team. Um, But at the same time, we do have a bone to pick with these guys. They're not the team they were last year when they were pushing European places at this time last year, but still. Um, I'm not willing to sleep on it. Um, we've got to, this is a game that we have to get at them early. Um, just, just take the, take it out of their heads early. Just know that they can't come back from this. Um, I just remember them being a defensive team last year, but I don't think they can, they can't be that defensive team this year. So yeah, we, we, we just got to get, get to them early. Yeah, the fact that they only have one player that has more than one goal uh, has me thinking that we should be able to roll these guys. But what do you have for prediction, John? Um, I, I think they're one of the more inept teams that has been in the Premiership in a long time. I mean, they are in line to beat Derby County. I've got a few friends who are Derby County supporters, and they're really hoping that uh, Sheffield, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Sheffield United will do worse than they did when they were relegated. Um, with the least number of points, um, they uh, they played well last year, um, but they lost their momentum, um, and I I only see it going in one direction. Um, my prediction is four uh, nil with two for Sun and two for Kane. Um, I, I really don't. I think Sheffield United are in a death spiral and uh, they're going down, and the, the nothing. I can't see anything changing to affect that yeah they and there there was something last year that they did that was just it was just a little bit different it was unorthodox the their style of play it caught people off guard um but they the squad wasn't left intact they weren't able to maintain and they are a trash side right now and I think you're right John like they're just the worst team that we've seen in a long time uh, Tommy what's your prediction ooh this is going to be rough um I, ooh sorry just give me once okay they are not as well, they're worse than Fulham in terms of goal differentials. So I'm I know Sam said that he wasn't going to take them lightly but I'm going to go 5-0. I'm going to say this is going to be a an all-out slaughter. Um, Kane times he'll get two. Son he'll get one. Mora and then huh. I'll give Ed Domboy the other one. Because he's playing a, a little more forward. Okay, uh, I'm with you guys. I think this is we're going to roll over them. Uh, I'm going to say four nil. 
Um, I think um, we get a goal from Harry. We get a goal from Sun. I think uh, we might see Lamella back in this match. I'm going to make a out there prediction and think we get a Lamella goal. Um, and then I think that we get a goal from uh, an REA in this match. I think, uh, um, assuming he plays, I think this this could be an opportunity for him to score a goal because they are that bad. Um, and, and I think he could pull it off. Um, any final thoughts on this week that we've had before we wrap up this podcast? I'm just hoping we run the table for these two games because yeah. if we do, we're going to be even on points with Liverpool. I'm not. I don't think we're going to win the title, but this will at least be in contention. So that'll be yeah. nice. This is a good opportunity for us, uh, like with these two relatively easy matches to to gain momentum. Like, uh, and we've shown that we can go against the top teams. We played well against Liverpool. If if we can roll the easy teams, and and show that we can be competitive in that this area, that this could be a way that we could speak to the league that yes, we are legitimate, like and we can knock those Leicester cities out of the top four and and stake our claim to our place in the top four and potentially compete for all sorts of leagues and trophies. I think this is. This is where we make those statements, right? Absolutely. As far as past week is concerned, great cup week. Just terrific. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, definitely. Come on, you Spurs. Definitely. Well, But that about wraps up the conversation. So thanks, everybody, for being on. Thanks, John, Sam, and Tommy. Uh, Thanks to uh, Tommy for editing and sound tonight. Thanks to Charlie for the music, Kevin for social media. Tommy for back page update, John for loan player update, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar, even though we're not there right now, we can't wait to go back. Uh, find our merchandise on, at Big Head Media if you want to buy something. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out, out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.